Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, today's episode is from the 12-week startup that's currently happening over at SueBriceEducation.com. Every Tuesday, I go live with a special guest to coach you through the weekly topics and challenges, and we record it for you as a bonus episode to listen to. If you want to be part of the live coaching and question and answer session that we do every week, head over to SueBriceEducation.com slash live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. You can join in on the support that we have there to help photographers take their business to the next level. Also, if you aren't part of the 12-week startup yet and want access to all of the weekly life-changing content that Sue has created for you, head over to SueBriceEducation.com and sign up there. Okay, let's start the show. Just a quick heads up that you'll be hearing me refer to images and that we're looking at images. So obviously you won't be able to see those photos. However, if you want to see all of the images that we refer to, make sure to log in to SueBriceEducation.com where you can watch the whole thing because we actually recorded this live and did it on video through Zoom with our guest speakers. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to week nine of the 12-week startup. So this week is hair and makeup. And Sue, this is a really important week, you know, in general. And the reason Sue includes it in the 12-week startup is including hair and makeup as a service for your clients can just be such an amazing extension of your brand. It is a way to add value to your photo shoots, add value to what you do, and it also just increases your level of service exponentially. So a lot of women in general don't love doing their hair and makeup. I know the one thing that I don't love about doing these lives, I literally love everything else, is doing my own hair and makeup. And like, I've joked with the team, I'm like, can I just like budget a hair and makeup artist in to do my hair and makeup every time? I mean, not that it's it's really not that big of a deal, but when it comes to doing a photo shoot, it can be really stressful. Like, sometimes women don't know how to do their own hair and makeup, or they don't know how to do it well. They just don't want to do it. Or like they kind of just want to sit back and be pampered and relaxed. So if you can incorporate a really strong hair and makeup team into your studio, it's going to elevate you and your brand. It gives you just the most amazing opportunities to do behind the scenes to show people like, look, not only do, do we do your photos during your photo shoot, but you also get to come in and get your hair and makeup done. Like you don't have to stress about that part. It is just such an amazing just service that you can add to your brand. And as far as the different business models go, Sue covers all of this in the week nine videos. So I know you're on the live page now, but if you go in the courses in the 12-week startup section, you'll see all the different weeks. If you click on week nine, Sue has the videos there where she talks you through like whether or not you should hire 
someone, whether or not you should do it yourself, whether or not you should, you know, look at contracting out, she kind of just goes over all the different options. There's You can hire someone as a contractor where you do, you pay them just per shoot. Some people have full-time employees on their, on their team for hair and makeup. Some people even have a salon that is, you know, right next to their studio that is attached to their brand. I mean, there's just so many different ways you can do it. And Sue talks through all of this. She talks through how to find hair and makeup artists. And and if you have any questions around this, if you've already watched the videos, feel free to ask today. Like that's why we're here. We're here to totally just help you through it all. Um, so another thing is something that we notice in the Sue Rice Education members Facebook group is one of the big kind of challenges for people is finding someone to work with who is strong at hair, strong at makeup, um, you know, has a great personality, is reliable, uh, or you just can't really seem to find anyone to work with you at all. And that's kind of an issue too. So we want to work through all of that and make sure that you are just well-equipped at finding someone or multiple people to be part of your studio so that you can set yourself apart from other photographers in your area and and just really make this, you know, just an, an elevated part of what you do. I've been doing this for almost eight years now, you know, this genre, and I've only had someone turn down doing their hair and makeup once. And that was because they're allergic to most products and they were just super nervous. And they were like, I'm just going to do my, my own hair and makeup. But when you have stylists who are so good at what they do and so good with your clients, it just, it, it takes the photo shoot experience from here to here. And and especially when someone is, you know, can do it in the in the proper way and so like Sue always talks about during the consultation talking about hair and makeup is another really important part of the consultation. And even if it's just right before you get they get started with the stylist, make sure your stylist knows to chat with them about what they want. It is all about listening to our clients, listening to what, you know, what are they using the photos for? If they're using their photos for like you know, because they're an insurance agent and they're trying to look professional, we're probably not going to go full glam. You know, it's just so important to really listen and to have hair and makeup artists who are willing to listen to what your clients want. Because when these are paid clients coming in, I'm sorry, <laughs> paid clients, I wish we were paying the clients. When the clients are paying us, you know, quite a bit of money, we need to make sure that we're giving them what they want and what they need. Now, if you're doing just like a creative shoot or just doing for fun, I'm actually going to show you a couple photos that Kendra Springer and I did together. And I was like, have at it. Do whatever you want. The model understood. I understood that Kendra just had creative freedom to do what she wanted because we were just doing it for fun, for her portfolio, for my portfolio. So that's a different situation. But when you've got paying clients coming in, it is so important to listen to what they want. And I've had to do two reshoots for clients and it was because they didn't like their hair and makeup in the end and and one of the things that sue talks about and teaches is i'll, I'll i actually say you know kendra or megan or katie or or michelle whoever is is with me I've, I've got four makeup artists who i've been using for years like years and i will say to the client listen kendra's been doing this forever so if there's something you want to change like just be honest her feelings will not be hurt you know i want to set the stage for open communication between the stylists so it's just really 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 important that they love their hair and makeup it's so much easier to change during the shoot than it is when you're editing the photos and speaking speaking of editing photos having a hair and makeup artist who knows what they're doing will make your editing life so 
much easier. I can't even tell you. It's, it is like, it's so crucial. And it is easier to edit makeup than it is hair. Um, you know, there, hair you can only do so much with in the editing. Yes, you can add body and you can add a little bit of, you know, movement. But overall, man, hair is like, it's so important. I mean, they're both so important, but. Um, okay, so another thing that I wanted to mention that Sue talks about that is really important is this isn't about like bringing someone in as a stylist to like kind of like be the boss of them, you know? It's more about leveling up your team and having just a really strong team with personalities who click. And having this strong team is the absolute best. Like I said, I've been working with the same stylist for so many years because once you find someone, it's just, you know, you want to make sure that you work well together. And, and that's why today for our guests, I'm bringing on Brie Oro and Kendra Springer. Brie is Sue's hairstylist and Kendra is my makeup artist that I've been using in Seattle that I've been using for years. Sue has used her when she was in Seattle. And I wanted you to get the perspective from them about what is it like working with photographers and what are the successful things, or I guess what can make you someone who is great to work with. You know, I mean, it goes both ways. Like, yes, we want to find makeup artists and hairstylists who we love working with, but they need to love working with us too. It needs to be a give and take relationship. This is about a team. This is not about just being someone's boss. I mean, they really are complementary to what we do and, and just who we are as a business. And, you know, and sometimes it's personality. Like my four, the four makeup artists who I work with, they also do hair as well. They all have very different personalities. And so I can kind of see like, with a, a specific client who I think, you know what, she might work really well with Katie or she might work really well with Kendra. And it's great to have that variety. And you might not have, you know, all of the, I'm so fortunate to have as many, as many girls as, as I do to work with. Um, actually, I take that back. I have five because I've added Andrea to my Michigan team. So now I have two great stylists on my Michigan team and three in Seattle. So, you know, and it didn't happen overnight. I actually met Kendra at a wedding and I'll tell you that story um, when I bring her on. But Again, it is just oh, – it's so important. Okay, so like I mentioned, in the 12-week startup videos, week nine, Sue covers all of the different ways that you can incorporate hair and makeup into your business. And, you know, I'll be honest, some of the the makeup artists – like it hasn't all been, you know, unicorns and rainbows when it comes to working with people. There have been some stylists who I've worked with who it just wasn't a good match, but it wasn't anything personal to them or me or whatever. It just didn't work out with my business, and that's okay you know, no hard feelings, you just move on. Um, and, and that's kind of what I did until I found like my tribe with, with stylists. So, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it can be trial and error. And speaking of trials, it's always great to do a trial with, you know, the stylist that you do meet, ask to see their portfolio, maybe have them do a hair and makeup trial on you so that you can see how they are with you. And, and, you know, there's just lots of ways. And again, Sue covers all of this in the videos. But because several people in the group mentioned it was really hard for them to find someone or, you know, just someone that wanted to work with them consistently or someone that they wanted to work with consistently, um, I'm going to bring the girls on so that you can just chat with them and, and ask them any questions that you want. So, so yeah, let's bring on – we have Brie Oro and Kendra Springer. Kendra's the blonde and Brie is the brunette. So welcome, girls. Thank you so much for being on today. So yeah, oh my gosh. I'm gonna, real quickly, I'll tell about the story about meeting Kendra. So back when I was a wedding photographer in Seattle, I was doing this wedding and I was like, oh my gosh, 
every single bridesmaid, their hair and makeup was like on point. And Kendra was one of the bridesmaids and she had done all the all of the hair and makeup. And I was like, I need your card. Like we need to work together. And this was right when I was starting my like career in the in the sort of glamour genre. And we started doing right in my remember in my family room? Yes. Yeah, my photos. Yes, that's right. Yes. We did yours. That's yes. right. I often talk about how that's kind of where I built my business. Like I started in that family room and Kendra did hair and makeup for me a couple times in there on clients. Yes. You know, that's just how we ended up getting started. And Kendra's been on a reality show for makeup, American Beauty Star. Did yes. you say that right? American <laughs> Beauty Star. She totally should have won, but I'm just saying. Yes, you should have won. <laughs> I made it far. It's traumatizing. <laughs> oh, I know. But and then Brie is Sue started out as Sue's hairstylist. And then that just transitioned into like she's done all of the amazing hair that you see in so much of Sue's portfolio and she's been with Sue now for like what five and a half years or something like that yeah a little over five and a half years now yeah yes it's been great yeah so and and I I I love both of you so much and I respect both of you so much and as far as doing hair and makeup Brie you did my hair for um the portrait masters live conference and you've done my hair before and like no one can like you are the best that has ever done my hair in my life thank you Kendra is the best that has ever done my makeup in my life like these two are just so solid and so yeah, so that's why I wanted to bring them on today. Okay, so actually we already have a couple questions for you girls that I wanted to um we'll do a couple questions and then I want to show a couple of your photos that you've done. Okay, number 1 is let's see, how long do stylists stay on the shoot? So let's start there. So I'll just kind of give a brief overview of how I typically work and then tell me if it's different with other photographers. So typically what I do is I schedule 90 minutes for hair and makeup. It doesn't usually always take 90 minutes, but just to have that buffer. And then I shoot for about 90 minutes. Actually, I actually only shoot for about an hour now. So the the way that I pay is that hour is kind of included within that time. And they stay and they hold the hair dryer or hold the reflector or just help me move backdrops and that sort of thing. So Kendra, is it like that with other photographers or is it is it different depending? Um, It's always something I have to ask. It's never presented to me. So I think that's something great to know. It's just like clarity wise, when you're inquiring with a makeup artist, you're like, hey, I need you just for the initial look or I need you for the initial look. Plus, I want you to stay to be able to do changes or what you're saying, like hair dryer reflectors, because I really that really factors into what I would charge as well. So all those details are super helpful. So it's always, I mean, we've worked together for so long. So I'm like, I don't need to worry about Nick yet. I know what I'm signing up for. But when you're working (laughs) with new photographers, it's really helpful to have those details. Yeah, that's a really good point. If you can present a photographer with like, this is what what exactly what I do. This is how long I expect, you know, or how long I would ask for you to be there and, and put those details up front. That's a really, really... Yeah, that's good advice. What about you, Brie? Has it always been kind of the same? Yeah, I'm about the same because, again, like what Kendra is saying about the pricing, if I'm just going to be there to do their hair for that first hour, you know, I'm just going to charge them for that rate. But if they want me to stay to to help assist or to keep doing the changes and, you know, as the time goes on, then it's more like, okay, well, that's my half-day rate and this is what it's going to include, the hair, the makeup, the assisting, the changes, all of that. Right, right. Now, do you typically, and and I'm just, don't necessarily answer just how you work with me, but just in general, do you charge per person or like, Brie, you said you just did a, a day rate. Like, how does that typically work? Um, 
if if I'm doing a half, if I'm charging them my half day rate, I only want to take like two two clients because if I'm changing both their hair and makeup, if I'm trying to assist both of them, I still want to give them each the same amount of time, and I don't want to rush my work if they want to get like three or four models done in my half day. If that's the case, like let's just do the full day and we can just knock out. Like if I charge them my full day rate, we can just knock out as many. Uh, models and looks as they want to do. So, yeah, yeah. What about you, Kendra? It really is dependent on the job. I mean, commercial wise, like a half day rate with Microsoft or Amazon is like so much different with a photographer versus like mm-hmm. portraits. So it really goes back to the details again. I do do full and half day rates. Like when I work with Wazell, the running company in Seattle, I usually do half or full day rates. But I'm fine doing four models because it's athletic makeup, which uh, is yeah. quick for me. You know, I've been doing makeup for so long. So that type. So it's just, yeah, again, like every project's different, especially now with COVID kind of day rates are changing. We're kind of being trying to be more flexible. So we're like fortunate to have work at this time. So yeah, I just take every project differently. I just get all the details and then I quote from there. Yeah. What about Kendra? So think about portraits. So like if we were doing a mother and two daughters, Mm -hmm. like what would you say? Okay. But while I ask this though, Kendra's in Seattle and Bree's in LA. So the rates are going to change depending on where you are in the country, I Mm -hmm. think. Like in a small Midwest town, it might be less expensive. So if you could just give like a broad, you know, although I shouldn't say that. You know what? Because rates aren't going to change for me if I'm in Michigan or if I'm in Seattle. So you know what? I kind of take that back. Maybe that's something that we need to really like change in the beauty industry too, is that regardless of where you are, your time is your time and whatever. But the way it, it does seem now, it does seem like rates are, are quite different depending on where you are in the country. So t- so talk to me about that. Like if you were to do like, you know, mom and two daughters, Kendra. So in that sense, I would charge per person if yeah. I'm just, and then again, add an hourly if they want me to stay. Just because it's honestly like, if I'm doing a day rate, I'm there for the whole day. You got me. Versus... I'm going to go spend an hour. It's almost not like I want to charge more, but it's like the juice has got to be worth the squeeze. If I'm going out there just for like 30 minutes to an hour, I got to, you know, be making a little moolah. So I factor that in as well. But that in that sense, I would charge per person. Per person. Yeah. And and what's your day rate, Brie, for your half day and your full day? Um, So I, well, before COVID had started happening, um, I had made the choice to increase my rates. So my full day rate went to 550. My half day rate is 300. Yeah. And I was, um, I, I would still have liked to st- stick with those rates. But, you know, when we started getting, picking up work again, I had to keep in mind the situation that we were all in while still making it worth it for me as an artist. So um, yeah. if, if someone did say something about the price, I would, you know, it, as long as it's worth worth it for both of us and we're both getting these beautiful images, the client's getting the images, like, um, I, I wouldn't mind, like, kind of tweaking the price a little bit, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, per person has changed for me. It, it varies. Like, if I just have one person coming in, if I'm going to have Kendra come in and spend that three hours with me, it's going to be a $200, you know, for that one person. Yeah. But if I've got six people who are all going to be like corporate makeup, I might be like, hey, are you cool with just doing 125 per person or 100 bucks per person for very light makeup? Like, and I'll ask, is that cool? And and they're either going to say yes or no. Um, it's it's like when when those big 
bigger jobs with multiple people come up where they're just like whipping through them, it's going to be a little bit different. It, so it, it really just depends. And and again, it just it, it a lot of it does depend on if you're in a small Midwest town or if you're in L.A., like just some of it is, you know, it's just different. But the best thing you can do is have an open communication with your makeup artist about it and your stylist about it. Okay, someone asked how long they stay in the shoot, but I kind of feel like you've covered that. It's like typically with with the $200 for one person, but I'm such a fast shooter. I'm like 60 minutes max pretty much for five outfits for a personal branding type situation. My hair and makeup artist in Michigan, she's very fast with hair and makeup. I'm very fast with shooting, so it goes quickly. But She's had experience with, with other photographers that it takes a really long time. Like the shoot can go to like three hours, whatever. So she's had to add an hourly rate after that where she knows with me, we're, we're never past a three-hour day, including hair and makeup and the shoot. It's just, that's just not, it's just never going to go that long. But if you've got someone who takes three, four hours for a shoot, that's a completely different situation. So have you guys, do you guys add, you know, I guess that's a question. Do you ask how long they'll be shooting for? Yes, always. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever had that experience with a photographer where it's just like going on and on and on and on and you're like, dude, it's time to go. You know, like, have you ever had that experience? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's hard because in Seattle, it's like, if I'm not doing portrait stuff, it's a lot of e-com here. So e-com is just like, you're already on set kind of all day doing e-com. So commercial stuff is just a lot different. But yeah, I always yeah. ask photographers, yeah. they're like, well, how much, how long do you want to stay? And I'm like, well, how long do you shoot for? How long do you need? <laughs> yeah, I learned that from you. Honestly, I'm like, Nikki shoots so fast. Not every photographer shoots quickly. So it's like one of the main things I ask. Well, how much long do you take to shoot the photos? And we'll go from there. Right, right. So someone said, I can't find a good hairstylist. I have two good makeup artists, but they lack hair. It's hard to find someone who does both. And I've heard that before. And and I found that too, that it can be tricky. So do you girls have any advice for like how to find someone who is really good at hair? Um, Brie, why don't you go ahead since you're the... Yeah. Um, My suggestion is uh, look for a a blow-dry bar. Look for a salon that you want to go get your hair done at because not only will you see how they work on your hair, but you'll see how their energy is, how they treat you because you are a paying client. Um, And that's actually how I got connected with Sue. Um, I met her through a photographer who I met while I was working at a blow-dry bar and then she just introduced me to all these other photographers and it just it just kind of worked out. But I was that stylist, you know? Yeah. And, and if if they were anything like me, I was like itching for a way to get out of that blow dry bar. And mm. just meeting the right people and you know, yeah, go in, get your hair done, talk to them, ask them, hey, wh- what do you see yourself doing? Like, would you be interested in doing photo shoots? Can I you know, hire you for a day to do a trial. But if you really want to find someone, you you have to go out and like want to look for them. Yeah, that's such yeah. good advice. That's such good advice. Because like you said, at the blow dry bar, maybe they're looking for like side work or maybe to get out of it in general, yes. like you were doing, because it can mm-hmm. be really hard on your body to constantly be doing blowouts, right? Yeah, it was it. I was there for five years. And my last two years, I just felt like I was like a robot in a machine. I was just washing hair, blowing out hair, curling hair, wash, blow out, curl. And it was such a like, 
a routine for me that I, I make this joke like I can blow dry hair with my eyes closed because I yeah. did it for so long. You can. Yeah. Oh, so good. So, so good. So someone said, is there a resource to be able to refer to for different looks? For example, natural looks, evening looks, and creative looks. And yes, there is. There's the makeup guard guide that is a free download if you're a Sue Rice Education member. It is the most gorgeous guide. It gives you so many examples. And be- during COVID, we had it redesigned so that you could show it to your clients if for some reason they need to do their own hair and makeup, which hopefully we're past that point. But um Yes, there is a the makeup guide download. It's so gorgeous, you guys. So make sure you download that if you haven't. There's also a it's like a chart that goes from light to heavy makeup, and it just gives you the examples where you can sh- show it to your client and say like, okay, what do you prefer? So yes, there is that resource for you on SBE. Okay, someone. Let's see. So one of the questions was, does anyone have a separate hair and makeup artist? Similarly. I haven't seen anyone who does both so far. Okay, yes. When I had my my photos done by Trish Hadley, she's so lovely. Oh, I love Trish. She is in Michigan in Saginaw, the Saginaw area, and she had a separate makeup artist and hairstylist, and it was totally fine. Like, I started in makeup, and then someone finished my hair, and it was great. So that's okay. Like, if you're going to have two separate artists, I don't see that as a problem. Do you – like, for so for Brie, when you're doing – hair and I know you do makeup as well both of you do both but I know Brie you've always kind of specialized in hair and Kendra's always specialized in makeup but so Brie do you do you ever work with someone who's doing makeup separately um on when I work with other photographers I have worked with a separate makeup artist but if I'm doing stuff for Sue it's I usually do both okay gotcha. Um, but as if I were to prefer especially moving forward with you know what I want to do I'm just staying with hair and I've eliminated makeup um, from the services that I offer. So, Kendra, you feel like that about hair, don't you? You'd prefer to do makeup? I do. I'm a makeup artist who does hair. I'm good at hair, but it really depends on where you are. Since Brie is in LA, she can specialize more, I feel like, versus in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't get as many jobs if I specialized in just makeup. Um, It comes down to budget and cost having two separate versus one person that can do both for gigs. And that's really dependent on the photographer or the project. But yes, if I had my way, I would do I mean, that's what I pretty much do now with weddings. I don't do hair as much COVID kind of brought me out of my hair retirement. But um, so if I could specialize, that would be a dream. But yeah, like New York, like Texas, like in Austin, LA, like Toronto, like those cities where there's like more abundance of work and pretty much everyone specializes like, it's honestly, kind of more rare to have both than it is to really be able to specialize because you're specialized in your craft, you know, like, yeah, I'm yeah, fortunate and sure. very good at all things beauty, but I would love to just focus on the makeup. Yeah. Well, and that's just like photographers who want to niche down their genre. Like I don't want to do, shoot families anymore or babies or, you know, and I just don't. So yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense for sure. Okay, so this is a question that that people have asked quite a bit as far as do we give our hair and makeup artists the photos? And my answer is hell yes, why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's free marketing for you when they post your photo and tag you in it and say like I just did hair and makeup for this amazing photographer, blah blah blah. The way I've done it in the past, which I know I totally slack at this, but is I have a Dropbox folder for Kendra, a Dropbox folder for Katie and whoever does those shoots with me. I just add my very favorite – I'm not going to give them the whole shoot because 
I don't know, I only want them to post like my very favorites that I want out there. And of course they want the, you know, the best ones too. So I'll give them my top two or three or four photos from the shoot. Or if I post on Instagram, they just share my post. Heck, yeah, absolutely I give them the photos. And you know what else I do is Kendra and I have done this multiple times. We do a trade. I photograph for her for free every year. She does my hair and makeup for shoots that I'm doing from for myself. And it's like, hell yeah, I want them to have amazing photos and show off my, you know what I mean? So I'm all about a 100% sharing photos. Do, do most people, most photographers share with you girls? Um, There are some times where I do have to kind of circle back around, especially if it's been after a few months. I'm like, hey, remember that shoot that we did, you know, ABC ago? Like, would you mind if I get some of those images? And for the most part, they're like, yeah, I just forgot. I got really busy. Let me send them to you. And then I either get a folder right away or I don't get anything. And for as long as I have been doing work with the photographers, maybe the last like five and a half years, um, there are a lot of shoots that I still have not seen images from. So if I've worked for you and you have images, please send them over to me. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what, Brie? I forget and I'm terrible at it too. It's one of those things. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask for it. But but it it does. It is really... Well, okay, let me ask you girls this. Does it make you want to continue working working with someone if they give you the photos consistently? Like, is that kind of like a bonus? So, I mean, there's two realms. Like, if it's a paid gig, I, like, photos are lovely. But I just have that, like, on my list of clients and, like, resume, really. So I'm not really – it's more like when you do collab shoots. So, like, in right. Seattle – like it's portraits, it's e-com, like I don't have a ton of room to be creative in the area I'm in. Um, You know, there's not a lot of fashion out here. So when you and it's kind of like what you said, finding your tribe, you find a photographer that you just love their style, you have a solid stylist that you work with. And you guys do like, if I want to do something more editorial, we do something creative. In that sense, that's us all combining free time. So if I do yes. a project like that and I do not get photos, I will never work with that photographer again. Cause it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm a busy bee. So if I'm yeah. like spending free time doing something, cause I'm trying to get the creative juices flowing, I need those photos. So that's a huge factor. Like if you're not sending photos and it's a collab, then absolutely not. I just won't work with a photographer anymore. If I'm having to yeah. like chase, like, Hey, I've contacted you like four times. It has happened in Seattle many times. And I'm like, all right, good to know. Lesson moving forward. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, okay, speaking on of that, are th- what are some other things that really kind of turn you off from wanting to work with a photographer again? Because sometimes people will say that, well, they, I worked with them once and then they don't, I'm not, they never return my call or whatever. So what, what might keep you from ever work aside from not delivering photos? If you do a collaboration, what might keep you from ever working with someone again, Kendra? I think it comes down a lot to communication or respect. Um, mm-hmm. if you do not feel like the photographer respects you or is kind, then I'm like, Ooh, like that's just not a fun vibe to be treated that way. Like, you know, cause right. I've worked with photographers where they just feel like they're on another level than me. I'm like, Hey, I'm just as good as my job as you are, you know? So like mutual respect is such a big thing, especially if you want to keep working with them and just concise communication and organization. Like when I'm on a shoot and I feel like the NRL is like, Oh my gosh, there's chickens everywhere. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know the direction. I don't know what they want. They're not communicating to me. Like that's beyond frustrating because you want to give them good work. You want to be able 
to provide them what they want. And if they don't have like a clear, concise vision and it's just kind of messy the whole time and frantic, that can be a little hard to give deliverables at that point. Yeah, that makes sense. For sure. All, everything you said, and I think it goes back to no one wants to be hired in and feel like the help, you know? <laughs> yes. and, and actually, Kara Marie and I just talked about this on the Portrait System podcast um, about how, you know, certain high-end clients made her feel like that, like the help. And it doesn't matter who hires you. You don't want to feel like that. You want to feel like a team. Yeah. You know, and it goes back to what Sue was saying, too, about being – you don't want to just be someone's, like, feel like I'm the boss and you're the – whatever. Our hair and makeup artists are the the experts in, in what they do. And, yes, it's important for them to listen to what the client wants and to have that chat about what the client wants. But, of course, they're going to make suggestions. Like, if someone wants – you know, a color of blush or whatever that just doesn't work well with their skin tone, maybe in the end, they're going to learn how to apply makeup better. So it's like, if you have an artist who can really give tips in a, in a helpful way that isn't like offensive or whatever, then like bonus, then they learn. And they're just so happy. And they're so happy in the end. And they're going to tell their friends, oh my gosh, not only did I get my photos done, but my hair and makeup was incredible. You know, I learned so much and it just, it can do nothing but elevate the experience for sure. Yeah. So Brie, do you want to add anything to that? Is there anything else that really turns you off from working with someone? No, Kendra pretty much got it. Like I'm a huge uh, believer in energy. And if the client, if the photographer is giving off these like frantic or unsure vibes or the, like you were saying that I'm better than you and you're just here to help me kind of thing. I yeah, you, we, we just all want to be comfortable. We all want to mesh together. And when one person's off, it kind of like throws us all off. And who are we to say anything? Because we're just like hair and makeup, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, energy is a huge, huge thing. I mean, it goes back to respect for sure. Mm-hmm. Because there have been times when I'm like, hey, Kendra, will you, you know, do a little bit of this or a little bit of that? And she's like, sure, no problem. You know, there's no like, it, like you know, how when I have worked you? with someone, yeah, yeah I asked I did work with someone who I asked to change something and in front of the client, she was like, let's just see what the client wants instead. And I was like, okay, this is not going to work out. Don't do that. The client gets all awkward too. Yeah. When you put them in those positions. Yeah. Yeah. The client doesn't need to feel that energy and the client doesn't need to know either about like, you know, I don't know that your client had like a, a bad cramps the other day. You know what I mean? Like it's very like, it's it's important to keep that like professional thing unless the client and the makeup artist or the hairstylist have really built a personal bond and they are like sharing with each other and mm-hmm. it's a back and forth thing. But I worked with someone before too who was like, I mean, literally like just talking all about how she has the worst cramps and this and that. And I'm, my client's just sitting there like, dude, I'm just trying to have a fun day, you know, and be right. pampered. And so I didn't work with her again either. You know, it just – it just really depends. So much of it is is reading the client and see if they want to get personal, then yeah. yeah, get personal. But, you know, it's so much of that, again, like you said, is energy. And and once you find someone that who you really love to work, work with, make sure there is that mutual respect there. Absolutely. Okay. One of the questions is, are there any professional organizations that we can tap into to find hair and makeup artists? So I don't know. Are there any out there? Kendra? Mm-hmm. No. I mean, Model Mayhem was a thing, like, back in the day. Honestly, mm-hmm. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. like Yeah. Instagram, if you're – that's why it's so important, I feel like, for our industry, Brie, I feel like you probably feel the same. Like, we really have to be 
kind of prevalent on Instagram and social media because that's yes, kind of like the do. modern day portfolio. People DM right. you, they contact you. So I would say Instagram because otherwise there's not really like, I mean, in LA you have agencies, not right. really a uh-huh. thing here. Um, so I can't think of anything. Brie, what about you that would have something like that? Um, I was just thinking uh, if you go on Facebook and type in, I'm a part of like one or two groups. It's a freelance hair and makeup artists of Los Angeles. Um, They're usually closed private groups. But if you go in as a business, as a photographer, um, you know, you could have access. There's people always posting, looking for jobs, like putting their rates out there. So I would definitely try Facebook. Just type in freelance hair and makeup artists in Dallas or LA and see what pops up. I mean, social media is definitely, definitely the way to go in in trying to find someone. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and Sue talks about this in the videos too, about finding people. But I mean, weddings, blow dry bars, asking friends, posting on Facebook, um, you know, if you find other, ask other photographers, I mean, there are so many different ways that you can reach out. And especially right now, like, like the girls were saying, sometimes, you know, work isn't quite as there's not as much work anymore these days. So you, now might be a really good time to form mm-hmm. a relationship with someone, you know, and and find someone new. So, okay, someone said, what are your top three no-nos when working with clients? For instance, when people put on, put stuff on them that makes your job more difficult. Okay, so I, I'm not exactly sure what this I, – I, I'm not clear on this question, but are you, I'm wondering if they're talking about like spray tan or, um, you know, I don't I don't know. I guess I could get a clarifying, maybe someone can clarify what, what exactly that meant. But what are your three no-nos, I guess I'll ask you, for using in photos? Like, for example, I know heavy contouring can kind of make the face look dirty in photos. Or, you know, I, what, are, what are the things that you for sure will not do? Oh, if, oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry, that was kind of a backwards way of me asking that. <laughs> Spray tan, no. Waxing, no. I'm <laughs> um, like thinking all these things in my head. Uh, as far but as that's like, good, that's good advice. So waxing, no. Why yes, waxing? No? Okay, so waxing. I used to have in my contract no waxing four days before. The skin needs a little bit of grip for makeup to stick. So if it's too mm. freshly waxed, and it really depends on the skin type, I honestly say like at least a week now. And I'm do your waxing, give your skin some time to regenerate, because otherwise it just slips right off. So waxing is a really big thing. Spray tan, if they're going to do a spray tan, it's really hard. I always advise clients, I'm like, find something that's apple-based because it's going to look more olive. You don't want anything with DHA because that tends to make you look orange. And if you're Mm going to do it, don't spray the face. I can balance that out. Spray tan and makeup just doesn't look good together and it makes your skin super oily just in the face. So spray tan is a little bit tricky. As far as like contouring goes, I do light shaping. It gives dimension to the face, especially when you're canceling everything out with foundation. Um, It really comes down to tone. Like what Nikki said, like things that start looking muddy, that's because you're using too cool of a tone. If we were in like twilight, then yeah, rock it out. But warmth, like (laughs) think about what photographs them most naturally is warmth. It's really hard to get clients into that because people are naturally drawn to cool tones. But you have to think what reoccurs in the skin when you're flushed Mm, is warmth like you that's what makes you look alive and natural and so that's the kind of things you want to use when you're thinking of things that for a portrait like 
a real estate gal's not going to want to look like she's wearing a ton of makeup, maybe. So the right, warmer tones right. are actually going to photograph more naturally and more lighter than a cool tone would. So those are just like, and again, that's like experience and, you know, trial. And I mean, I've been doing this for many moons, 15 years. Right. Almost. So it just comes to down, like when you're picking a makeup artist, like look at their professional work too, you know, like see mm-hmm. how things are photographing. Because Nikki, I remember you had like in the very beginning, you'd worked with a makeup artist. You're like, what is up with this under eye? It was so dark and gray and you were trying to edit it and it was just not, I was like, Oh, yeah, she needs to warm up that under eye. So it's things like that that make photography and your job editing more easy. Right, right. What about with hair, Brie? Is there Um, anything like a no-no? Um, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if they're no-no. Well, yeah, yes. Okay, yes. Um, (laughs) always have clients or clients don't come in with dirty, like oily hair. Yeah. Um, I always like to tell my clients come in with clean, dry hair or Mm -hmm. day old hair, because once we get past that first full day threshold, you know, our natural oils start building up and, and I can, I can bump it down if I have to, but if you're coming in thin, fine, oily hair, there is only so much dry. (laughs) Kendra's like, you mean, I'm like, I'd have to wash this mane after a day. Yeah. Like just come in with clean, dry hair, day old hair. Um, another thing that I have run into is when clients bring in extensions, um, like clip in extensions, don't come in with extensions like three or four shades off from your natural color and just mm, expect mm-hmm. me to like, oh, or expect the photographer, oh, you can just Photoshop this because that's not how hair stuff works really. Um, so if you do come in with extensions, just come in and try and get them as close to your natural hair as possible because then it'll just make the photo look better the editing easier my job will be easier and yeah no oily hair no mismatch extensions but yes no that's good that's good okay so you know let's switch a little bit and talk about time what is the you know the what is an expected amount of time that someone should take to complete hair and makeup let's start with you Kendra um Yeah, it's tricky. Makeup is pretty easy. At most, I spend 30 minutes. And that's if I'm doing like lashes, like a pretty dramatic look. Mac trained me so well to be so fast and efficient. All Mac girls usually are, or Mac gentlemen, I should say as well. Um, But hair, it's tricky because it really depends on thickness. I could do I could do someone's hair and makeup in an hour if they have hair like mine, that's really fine. But if I have someone who has hair for three people, that's going to take me a lot longer. So usually I don't go over an hour and a half ever. That's with super thick hair. Um, Because anything beyond that, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know about you, Brie, but unless I'm doing like a wedding updo and they want something kind of nutty, but an hour and a half is usually for portraits is what I would spend doing hair and makeup at most. Yeah. I don't remember you ever never, never going over I f- I f- an hour and a half. I feel like you're always like right around an hour 15. What about you, Brie? Yeah, I'm about, I'm the same with Kendra an hour and a half, but mine is opposite. I can get hair done in like 25, 30 minutes, but it's my makeup that I'm just like, okay, I need to like really, like I am not fast by any means and I need that extra hour to really get it. But if the client comes in with clean, dry hair, I can curl and set that in 25, 30 minutes. So. Yeah, very yeah. cool. And some people have, have posted in our group saying, 
like, oh my gosh, my makeup artist, they're taking two hours, two and a half hours, whatever. And it's so important to have a conversation with them and let them know what the expectations are. Again, it goes back to that really clear communication and open line of communication. And if that person isn't, you know, open to looking at how long they're spending or, you know, open to having that discussion, then maybe that's not the best person for your team. Because if someone isn't open to having that discussion, then I don't, I personally wouldn't want them on my team. And as far as it goes with, you know, telling your client all these things, like letting them know about coming in with clean and dry hair and a moisturized face with no makeup. These are all things I include in my email templates that I send out to my clients that I include, you know, kind of like how to prepare and what to do. And, and you girls have given me some ideas, too, to add onto there about not waxing, for example. So, you know, little things like that I think can be really helpful. But it's important to let your clients know. Like in my email templates, I'm like, I specify this is how much time your shoot, you know, how how, how much time to expect for your photo shoot. And, and I think it's okay to share with your stylist. Like, I've got you blocked off for 90 minutes for hair and makeup. So I need, you know, need it done by then and and just kind of set that expectation ahead of time so you're not down the line having to have the conversation like dude you're taking two and a half hours right. like come on you know what I mean it's I've been there with someone and it's it's hard because then you're losing light or whatever you know it's just like oh my gosh yeah clear communication is always always best and yeah those are great like if I have to take a full face of makeup off and read like that takes me some time, you know, because I'm yeah. not washing the face at home. So that's, yeah, all the details just make everything go speedier. Yeah, for sure. What about guys? So do you ever work with photographers who are photographing men? And do you ever do, you know, any sort of styling or any tips for like getting rid of shine and that sort of thing? Go ahead with that, Kendra. Yeah, male grooming is definitely becoming a thing. I see it more so in weddings now. Um, and I do like when I'm on set, like Microsoft or Amazon, we, they always do makeup regardless if it's male or female, cause they're on video and you do want to control shine. It's yeah. Products for men that it's just, you have to know like water-based products. Like I would use a water-based concealer cause it's going to look more like skin. Um, using like a powder that's not like super, super matte, it's kind of satin that looks like skin. Like just avoiding products that are going to look super makeup-y. So it's really just right. like concealer, a little bit of shine, and that's pretty much it. Um, maybe bronzer, blush. It really depends on the skin tone. Um, and hair, yeah. I Hair, men hair, not my vibe. Uh, <laughs> Nate, the other day, he was like, hey, babe, do my hair. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, why? <laughs> like, I'll tell you what product would be, but like, short hair, I could cut it, but I can't style it. So I get a little like, oh, like, I can do it, but I don't know how good it's going to look. <laughs> so, but make it yeah, the- easy. One of the guys in the chat room just asked, you know, hey, I'm a guy, I'm bald. I don't know really a lot about hair and hairstyles. And yeah. I'll tell you, I don't I don't know who asked that question. Sorry, I didn't see whose name it was. But you don't need to be, you know, have like know everything about – like if you can find a good hairstylist, you don't need to know a whole lot about hairstyles. You know, of course, there is the makeup guide and that includes – I think it does include hair in there. I have to look. Now I'm totally drawing a blank. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks since I've looked at it. But there is – hair tutorials on the website that Sue has done. So there are hair videos on there. So just watch the hair videos. Ask people, like ask your female friends, ask the client Mm -hmm. to show you a photo of hair that they like. Okay. Now we have to be realistic with this though. Yes. Because sometimes people will come in with like, I want this like you know, um, I'm trying to think of someone with like beautiful, like Sue, I want Sue Bryce hair. 
And then their hair is like really, you know, really thin. And it's it can be like there are tricks that you can do to get your hair, you know, to get some volume. There's powders that they can use. And we can like clip it from the back to make it look, you know, more voluminous or whatever. But sometimes people aren't really super realistic with what they want with hair and makeup. So um, actually, that's a good question for you girls. How do you handle that when someone wants an unrealistic... Bree, you start with this one because hair is way <laughs> worse than makeup. <laughs> um, so this is something that I, I've gotten better at as, you know, my career has progressed in doing hair and stuff. But we just have to be so open with the way we communicate with them. And also, like, not putting them down at the same time, like, not them showing you this, like, picture of, like, glorious hair, and they have, like, three heads of hair You're like, on listen, head. like, your what hair do you say? is not, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just, like, say, like, okay, what do you like about this picture? And then they'll say ABC, and then I have to let them know, well, she has thick, you know, coarse, dark hair. You, your hair texture is on the liner, lighter, finer side, so it's not going to look the same, but I can give you my version of this style that's going to go best with the type of hair that you have. So I love that. So you don't automatically want to shut it down because then the client feels like, oh, dang, like I came at them with this beautiful hair and they just said, no, like I can't. You just kind of yeah. want to yeah. ease into the, this is what I can do with what we have. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's about yeah. being respectful. And right. as photographers, I think we get that too, especially when I was a wedding photographer. Someone would send me these photos of like, you know, the most glorious golden hour photos in a field with mountains behind you. And I'm like, you're getting married at a hall in Michigan in November. Like this is not, you know, and obviously that's not how I say it. But, um, you know, like you said, it's just about really, it's it's all about the delivery and not making them feel like shamed or disrespected mm-hmm. or anything, but just, you know, sharing, this is what I can do for you and, yeah. and, and that sort of thing. And so it's also, I just want to add a little add a little to that. Um, it's about also giving them like reasonable expectations. Like don't have mm-hmm. them show you the photo and you're like, oh, yeah, I can totally do that easy. And then yes. when I do what I think it is, they're like, OK, this is garbage. And she said that she could do it, you know, because that's when that's like us like taking care of ourselves. Like we need to give them realistic expectations. Totally, totally. Yeah. All right, I want to shift gears because some people are asking in the chat, and if you're listening on the Portrait System podcast and you're wondering what this chat is all about, we are doing this live, so we're filming this so we can actually see each other in, on Zoom. And if you want to watch the whole thing so that you can see Kendra and Bree's beautiful faces, you can go to the archive of – actually, it will be in week nine as the last video. It'll say live um, coaching. So you can always watch it. But someone was asking about booking and how do you coordinate booking? Like, is there a specific day of the week that you work work with them? And I'll just share how I've always done it with, again, these are, you know, five artists who I've done this with for years. And I basically just email or I'm sorry, I basically not email at all. I text and say, hey, are you available on this day? And like, I know that Michelle is a nurse and there are certain days that she is always at the hospital. So I'm never going to ask Michelle you know, on a Sunday or Thursday or whatever, she can do a shoot. Well, I don't work weekends anymore, but, and then I'll just basically text Kendra, hey, are you open on this day from this time to this time? And she's like, yes or no. I mean, also I have Kendra's schedule. So she included me on her Gmail schedule. So I can see, I mean, I'm not in Seattle very much anymore. So we don't, unfortunately don't work together. And I know as much as anymore, but back when we were doing like multiple shoots a week, I would just go on her Gmail calendar and look, and then she would either write unavailable or, you know, she had something else booked. And it's just really worked easy for us that way. And also I've always, this is just another 
Okay, wait. Before I move on to sharing studios, um, how do you how do you girls typically schedule? Bree, how do you usually do that? Um, I'm the same way. I'll just have them email or text me um, because I I do freelance, so it's I'm not always available the same times or days every week. Right. Um, so yeah, if they just shoot me a text, and it's I like to have things like two weeks in advance, um, but. Yeah, like I try to be available whenever I can. And if I'm not, then I'll shoot them some available days. And if the client's flexible, we can work it out, work it out that way. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Kendra? Yeah, very similar. I freelance as well. So I don't have like specific days I'll do certain things on. Um, Yeah, I just texting if I know the photographer and I've worked with them a lot. Otherwise, email is great so I can keep track of inquiries and like check what's been unread and all of that jazziness. But yeah, email and texting. Instagram is really hard. I don't like booking things too much through Instagram. The DMs, I'll like look at it and then I forget about it. I'm like, just shoot me an email. My email's right there or, you know, shoot me a text (laughs) or something. It's so much easier to organize than just scheduling through Instagram. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to bring this up because I know sometimes people have a hard time finding someone to share a studio with just to share the cost. Kendra and I shared a studio for several years together, and it was awesome. We had a shared um, just Gmail calendar, a Google calendar, and we just booked our time slots in just like that. We each paid for half of the studio. I mean, it just worked out. And I also shared with the makeup artist, um, Katie, as well in Seattle. And it, Best share partners I've ever had have been makeup artists. Well, I shouldn't say that because I do share my um, Michigan studio with Melissa Digu, and she is wonderful. She's a photographer. So I did not mean that, Melissa, because you are amazing. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it was such an easy way to find share partners with with hair and makeup. And and then it's so great because they're so comfortable with that space already. Like, when you share a space, Kendra knows where, you know, oh, I set up here and we do this here. And it's just like, it's her space too. So it just makes life really, really easy when you can share your studio with a makeup artist. Because makeup artists often have, especially weddings, they need spaces to do trials. That's a huge thing. And so, yeah, it's just always really worked out. Okay, another, we only have a couple minutes left, but so, so many questions for you girls. This is amazing. Someone asked, it says, I don't have a lot of experience with hair and makeup. What is the sequence of hair and makeup? What should happen first, hair or makeup? Or does it matter? Kendra, go ahead. It doesn't really matter to me. I kind of gauge it on like if someone's super, super oily, then I'll do hair first and then just let the makeup be super fresh. It really depends on the client. But honestly, I it doesn't really matter too much unless you're doing some like styling that's really detailed in the front. Um, maybe, but then I have to move around it. Yeah, doing makeup first. So then you're not having to like move around and do all that type of stuff. But for me, I don't know about you, Re, but it doesn't make too big of a difference for me. I'm the, I'm the same. It doesn't really matter. I usually do hair first because I know I can do it so quickly because I need like the bulk of the time to do the makeup. Yeah. So. Okay. So I'm working with a newer makeup artist. Is there a good resource to further understand cooler and warmer tones? So somewhere just to further understand the toning of makeup. Kendra, do you have a resource for that? I think you have tutorials on that, don't you? Yeah. If you go onto my IG, I talk a lot about cool and warm undertones because I specialize in education for makeup. So that's a lot of my business has turned into more like educational work for brands. So I focus on that a lot. Um, Cool and undertones. And it's tricky because most makeup brands, like you want to find a true artistry brand. Like MAC 
went off the color wheel. So when you physically look at a color mm-hmm. wheel, cooler tones are green and blue. Warmer tones are reds and pinks and oranges. So that's yeah, what yeah. I'm always like. When you think of true color theory and cool and warm tones, look at a color wheel. Because then you, when you're looking at foundations, you're like, okay, that foundation has kind of a yellow undertone to it. Like, I'm very fair, but I'm very yellow. So a neutral, like, I can get away with a neutral, but it makes me look more washed out. And so it's just really understanding color theory makes a huge difference when picking tones because then you can literally see it. You're like, yeah, that foundation looks pink. But a lot of brands will say that's a cool tone when really it's not a cool tone. So you really just want to brush up on your color theory. It's an artistry across the board. So color theory is really, it's like one of the first things they taught us back in like 06 and Mac, like know your color wheel, no color theory. Yeah, for sure. Make sure to download the makeup guide. But if you want more than that, Kendra does have it's Kendra.lspringer is Kendra's Instagram account. Kendra.lspringer. And then Brie, you are Brie underscore Oro. O-R-O. Yeah. So yeah, both of them have just gorgeous Instagrams. So much amazing work. And yeah, you'll see a lot of Sue's work on Brie's page and and just a lot of gorgeous work in general. And then actually when Brie was doing my hair for the um, – when I was hosting the Portrait Masters conference, she was like, oh, my gosh, I love Kendra's tutorials on Instagram whatever. So I'm texting Kendra. I'm like, Brie said she loves your stuff, you know, your tutorials, and I wish yeah. you girls could work together. You're, you would be I like know. the ultimate combo. Hopefully yes. one day. Such, Such a day. Like, oh. We crush, crush it out, out here. here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So one th- one more thing I want to talk about. A couple people are asking about COVID. So how have you changed any sort of like hygiene practice or, you know, I know you both are very, you know, cleaning brushes is extremely important to you, Kendra. I know that from working with you for so long. You have just totally ridden my ass for not cleaning my own <laughs> personal brushes that I use just on me. I mean, like, I know you're very, it's very important to you. So so let's talk a little bit about COVID and, and how this is you know, change for you guys? Yeah. I mean, COVID is it's a beast all around for our jobs. I feel like um, makeup even more so because you're in eyes, mouths, like you're in the areas where COVID's really transmittable. Mm-hmm. I have always been a freak about sanitary. I've worked with makeup artists on set. And this is so important when working with clients. If you have a makeup artist and their kit is gross, like there's makeup all over it, dirty brushes and sponges, that's a no-go in my book. It's just, mm-hmm. it's not professional it doesn't make a client feel safe. And especially now with COVID. So again, great with sanitary. I actually did, there's a couple different certifications. I know Barbicide did one. It's a little bit different. I did the cert, um, the sanitation conversation. Basically, depending on what state you're in is really what depends on sanitary policy. So there's never been really anything across the board for makeup. So a makeup artist paired with a microbiologist, how to medically grade sanitize your kit. So I took the course, learned a lot. Um, I suggest doing a course like that for anybody. It's like sanitary is so important. It's just, it's your health. It's their health. Like the masks, Mm -hmm. like it's been tricky because state regulations have changed so much. Like a month ago, I had to have a mask on a client the entire time when I'm doing makeup. Utterly impossible. I'm like, Inslee, you've had your makeup done. That's not possible. So it was like maneuvering things. They had to apply their lips. like. And now that they're finding that COVID doesn't really live on surfaces like we initially thought, it's a little bit different. But it's still like spraying everything down with alcohol, having things mm-hmm. that are medically grade that you can just sanitize the surface. Like I wear a shield, disposables, like take a course. Like because it yeah. 
your clients will feel so safe because I can say that I'm certified. So it just it's just another layer to make everyone feel good. Yeah, yeah. Brie, anything you want to add to that? It sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I did one of those courses as well. And it's it did kind of shake our industry, but also like we are so focused on cleanliness and sanitation that we already ha- we already kind of did most of everything that you know that we had we just kind of upped it a little bit but um yeah these were like things that we learned in school like we're using we're you know getting in personal areas we're you know blowing these fumes everywhere like we need to be safe and that's something that we were taught since the beginning so this just right. kind of made us like just up up our stuff a little bit but yeah. yeah it definitely does make the client feel safer which is the most important thing like wear a mask wash your hands and, um, yeah, just try and yeah, stay safe. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. So just to switch gears a little bit, someone had asked, um, this was a question for me just about when someone has a busy schedule and I don't work weekends, when I shifted to not working weekends in terms of scheduling hair and makeup artists and in terms of scheduling the clients, did that affect it at all? And I found it was easier for my makeup artists and my hairstylists because for the ones that do weddings, that's all weekend. Like they love the during the week work because they're like, yes, you know. And then as, as far as clients go, if they want to book a shoot with me, they can take a half day off work. I mean, I don't. I have I have my kids, my family, my I like I just don't I just don't work weekends now. On occasion I will, you know, um but it's not a regular thing and that's just but again, this wasn't at the beginning of my of my business that I was able to do this. I had to really build my business up and build my clientele and build my referral system and then people just know like all right, I guess I just have to do it, you know, find a way to make it work during during the week and and it's just it's really worked well for me. So, it just it really just depends on where you're at as far as your business, how much you truly want the work. Like if someone's like, oh, if you can't do it on a weekend, then I'm not going to do it. it. It's not going to make or break me. If I needed to put food in my kid's mouth, hell yeah, I'm going to find a way to do it on a weekend. You know, so it just depends on on where you're at. And then one more question. Someone said, "How, when and how does the stylist get to meet with the client before the shoot? I've never done that. I've just talked about hair and makeup with them during the consultation with the client. And then when the when the client comes in, the makeup artist, hairstylist, they're there ready for them. They're welcoming them in. And as I'm putting together, you know, looking at their clothes, I'll be like, okay, Kendra's going to talk with you about how you want your hair and makeup styled. She's been doing this for years. You know, she she wants to know, you know, or again, I always say, don't be afraid if there's something you want changed. Her feelings will not be hurt. She's been doing this for years. And they will like have a chat and sit and talk hair and makeup while I am then now designing their shoot. And I pop in and out and I'm listening, you know, like, oh my gosh, blah, blah, you know, and having a conversation with it. And then it's just like girlfriends hanging out, you know, and it just, it just works really well that way, I find. I mean, it doesn't hurt to say ahead of time during the consultation, if you have any photos, inspiration for hair and makeup, you can send them over. Sometimes I'll screenshot a photo of the client from their Instagram or something and send it to my hair and makeup artist just so that they're ready you know, if there's any sort of, I don't know, sometimes I do that. It just depends. But anything you girls want to add to that? Either of you? I like that flow. I think that's a good flow. Yeah, that's worked well for me. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you both so much for being with us during the 12-week startup on week nine. I hope, um, if you know, if you have any other questions for Bree and Kendra, I know, Bree, you are in our Super Ace members Facebook group, right? 
Okay, Kendra, uh, Kendra, I might have to add you in there. If anyone has questions for Brie or Kendra just about anything related to hair and makeup, follow them on Instagram, Kendra.lspringer and Brie underscore Oro, O-R-O. They're both incredible. Love you girls both. Thank you for um, letting us just kind of ask you lots of questions. And again, if you want to ask any any more questions regarding any of this, we are always there in the Sue Bryce Education Members Facebook group. We have a whole team of people who, are, who just love to answer questions and help you through all of this. Again, hair and makeup can be one of those just really amazing parts of your business that can elevate you. I've had people say they specifically booked me not only for my work, but because I do offer the hair and makeup. So if it's something that you've been kind of on the fence about, it really, once you get into the groove of it, it's so easy to do and just to add into your brand. Easy to do as in adding it to your brand, not easy to do hair and makeup. I do not think it's easy personally. <laughs> um, but overall, it, it it truly is just such a great thing to offer your clients. It makes your life easier. It makes their life easier. And yeah, so, all right. So that was week nine, you guys. Oh my gosh, we're getting close. We only have a couple more weeks left. If you have not done, you know, gone through weeks one through eight, that's okay. You know, everyone's going to do this in their own time, but we really, really want to encourage you to go back and just work through those weeks. Ask us questions in the Facebook group. Tag us if you're, if you're, if you do a post and ask a question and it doesn't get answered, don't be afraid to just bump it or tag someone or say like, hey, no one responded. We get so many questions, so many amazing questions all the time. Sometimes they get lost. Sometimes people post in the middle of the night. We're in different time zones or whatever. So don't be afraid to repost your question or to bump it to the top. All, like literally Sue and our team, all we want is for you guys to have the successful business that you want, to reach the goals that you want. And this is just one more piece to the puzzle. So make sure you're going through each week because every single week is a piece to that puzzle. So it's all so important. It all fits together. I know it can be overwhelming because it seems like there's a lot, but it, literally it's one step forward. If you don't take any steps, you never get there. So it's always just one step forward. Sue is on live at noon Pacific today for her monthly live. I can't wait to see what she is up to today, and it's going to be amazing. As always, she's just loves doing her month's monthly lives now because she gets to, like, pack so much amazing stuff into that, you know, one monthly live. So, all right. We will see you next week for week 10, which is networking and confidence. We're going to have Felicia Reed and Ashley Taylor Henning with us. And I'm excited. I can't wait. So thank you. Thank you for being here with me and for letting me be your coach through the 12 week startup. I absolutely love doing this with you and keep sharing your successes. Keep asking your questions and have an amazing rest of the week. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35, and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love, and there are posing downloads, lighting downloads, I mean truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.